Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Welcome back to this final episode in season three of Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I can't believe it's the end of 2022. I'm not quite ready for it. I'm still kind of mentally back in October, I think, because there's so much happening, so much has been happening. And I'm recording this with, I don't know, just about 20 or so days to go. And yeah, it's coming. It's happening very quickly. We had such a wonderful full year. And I really want to thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. Um, if you're a customer or a client of DivePoint, I really appreciate that as well. Or if you're just listening to the podcast to learn more about health, wellness, and diabetes, I so very much thank you for doing that. Thank you for joining us. And a special thank you to all of our guests this year. It was an incredible year of really interesting interviews and topics that we discussed. And we started this year with, after the intro, where our marketing manager, um, Toka God, wanted to interview me about what it was like to raise a child or what it is like to raise a child with type 1 diabetes. And I shared a little bit of the insights of how I sent him off to a non-diabetic camp this summer and how that went and how he took care of everything. We had a wonderful discussion about the use of CGMs, continuous glucose monitors, and people without diabetes. This is a growing trend, and I split this up into three episodes. We got medical input. We heard from someone living with type 1 as well about their feelings about it. And we also had someone who started a company to sell CGMs as a wearable sport device for people without diabetes to get his thoughts on it. And this trend right now is growing. It's not going away. Even as we were going out to watch one of the World Cup games this last weekend, um, one of my friends that was coming with us, I saw on her arm she was wearing one. And it wasn't one of the, the brands that people were selling with an app, but she had just bought um, a CGM and put it on and was checking it with her phone. And it was really interesting when we were sitting there at the table and admittedly not eating the healthiest of foods because we, we had eaten before we went and then the game got intense and we got some potato chips and things like that. But she did a quick check of her blood sugar. And I said, for comparison, I asked my son to pull out his pump with his CGM data on it. And I didn't take a picture of it, but interestingly, her blood sugar was going up and more, up and down more, while my son's was rather relatively flat, which was super interesting because often people with new diabetes diagnosis, um, or even if you're not new, sometimes you think, you know, when you see blood sugars go up and down, it's a bad thing and you should always have a flat line. But She's a pretty healthy individual, and her graph was living proof that people who have a fully functioning pancreas can still have fluctuations in their blood sugar. Her blood sugar was still in range. There was nothing to be alarmed about. She couldn't figure out why it was going low at night, and so we had to talk about compression lows. That's when you sleep on your continuous glucose monitor, if it's on your arm and you're sleeping on that side, and then 
sometimes you don't get a good reading with the sensor and it'll show as a low when your blood sugar actually isn't low. That happens to us a lot, to my son a lot, but it was very interesting that at that particular moment in time, he had much better control over his blood sugar than she did. So if you're using one of these CGMs, please ask your doctor, even if you don't have diabetes, it's always good to go to a doctor or a diabetes educator or someone, if you know a person with diabetes that's using these devices, ask them their their thoughts. While they're not doctors or caretakers, we're not doctors, but we live with this day in and day out. We can give you more insight to your numbers than sometimes you just looking at it by yourself. So please get the right advice on that. It's still a very kind of provocative topic. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about it. So have a listen to that episode and see see what you think. I was really honored to um, have Rashid Al-Motadi from the Al-Jalila Foundation on, and he gave us more insight to what Al-Jalila does and how you can support this wonderful local charity. It was such a great conversation. I was honored to have Gary Shiner, the author of How to Think Like a Pancreas, and five other diabetes books join us for the podcast. He joined us for a discussion about managing blood sugar beyond the basics, And that's by beyond the the basics, meaning things that you don't, you know, typically associate with blood sugar fluctuations like food. So beyond food, let's say. I gave a quick overview about my time at the ISPAD, the International Society of Pediatric and Adolescent Diabetes Association. They have their global meeting in Abu Dhabi in October, and that was just a wonderful experience and great to meet so many advocates and people that I hadn't met before that some of them I knew through social media. Some of them, it was the first time we were meeting face to face, seeing several healthcare practitioners and doctors that I'm familiar with as well. It was just such a, a wonderful experience and makes me happy to know that there are people out there working relentlessly to finding a cure and others who are working very hard to support people with diabetes and children with diabetes until they do find one. We also talked with Hassan Webby about his sport, his social sport app called Duty. So please check that out if you're in Dubai. And this is a really wonderful way to get a sense of community in doing sports. We're very blessed here in Dubai that there's so many different things that we can do. We have access to many sports and activities, but sometimes if you don't know people that are interested in them, you might not be sure where to start. So this is a wonderful place to start. I spoke with Abdullah Al-Hashidi about the importance of community um, as well. And he has been living with type one diabetes for 13 years And that was a very interesting discussion. When Gary came back the second time, we talked a little more about carb counting and he gave us more insight into how to manage uh, post-meal glucose spikes and insulin resistance. And that was a really wonderful discussion and eye-opener. I highly suggest um, both of those episodes and also read Gary's book. It's, it really, I I say it every time at the intro and outro, every time he's a guest with us, but that book really did change my life and helped open my eyes to guide me to understand what I needed to understand. And then I had Tino Tenda uh, Ziki on um, the podcast from Zimbabwe. 
That was a wonderful discussion. He was one of the advocates I met during the ISPAD meeting. And he talks a little bit more about advocating and diabetes in Zimbabwe. And it was just a real pleasure to have him on the show. And I think he, like several others, is definitely someone to watch because I think he is here to change the world. And then if you are in the background, you hear Fudge, he's barking. He says, hello. He's very excited about the podcast. Um, the, the previous episode, just before I recorded this one, was Toka and I closed out the season again, and we had a discussion about how social media can harm your health. There's a lot of great information out there on social media, but there's just as much, I don't want to say if not more, because I don't know how it's split, if it's exactly 50-50 of good information and bad information, but there's a lot of bad information or misinformation or false information on social media. There's also a lot of different challenges and different things that are just unhealthy and not necessary. So please give that a listen and that can give you some more insight what to look out for. And especially if you have impressionable children or teenagers, they will be very active in social media and they see these things all the time. And because they're just inundated with this information, they can become skeptical and misunderstand about what is real good medical advice. So that was a summary. So let's take a few minutes and listen into some of the wonderful clips from some of our guests. Everything we do at Diapoint is focused on people with diabetes and the health and wellness of others. As scary and frightening as it is, I know he has to step out of his comfort zone to continue to grow up, take responsibility and move forward, just like anything. And that makes me, I have to move out of my comfort zone of being his primary caretaker and managing it because what I don't want, the fear of him going off to university in four years and not being able to manage his own diabetes is greater than the fear of sending him off to camp. So if I want him to be a happy, healthy, productive adult, then I know that we need to do the work and lay the foundation now. And the other situation I would say um, is that it could be useful is if you have health issues and that you, you know, potentially may have pre-diabetes or you have some concerning symptoms like you know severe fatigue two or three hours after eating and you're thinking, well, am I getting low blood sugar. So there are situations, and actually as a diagnostic tool for type 2 diabetes, it's really excellent. I mean, the problem is it's relatively costly compared with the, the doctor ordering a blood test. But actually, if you're using, you know, the, the cheapest CGM that I have access to is the Freestyle Libra, uh, and uh, and that's 250 dirhams in uh, UAE. Uh, and um, uh, But that gives me two weeks of glucose information, which is much richer than a single fasting glucose or random glucose um, or uh, an HbA1c test. Of this, I'm not in favor that this limit is there. I am in favor of the use of CGMs for, for everyone to some extent, as long as it's done in the clinical platform. And if it's done on a wellness platform, then we need to make sure that the metrics that are used as are as per guidelines or as some kind of clinical research behind it. The, the only way out here is to make CGMs extremely cheap, right? Extremely accessible. And only then 
I mean, it's straightforward, right? I mean, if CGMs tomorrow become one-tenth the price of what they are today, it would certainly improve the quality of life of uh, millions of type 1 people out there, right? As straightforward as that. Like, there are other things to do as well, but then this is the most important thing to do. Because you're not just ra- you're not just collaborating to 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 focus on a concern or a cause or to raise funds for it, but you're raising awareness for it. And the community, you know, today these uh, athletes are role models and they have a uh, an audience, you know, a platform uh, that they can raise very strong awareness uh, for certain causes, programs, initiatives. Now, your your body will produce, it'll make its own glucose, but it'll make it from other energy sources. So people who are on low carb diets, it's not as if they won't have sugar in their bloodstream, but their liver will make that sugar. It'll manufacture it mainly from protein. So a lot of the protein people eat who are on low carb diets, it ends up raising their glucose level anyway. So they're not necessarily saving themselves from rising blood sugars. They're just using protein to create that instead of carbohydrates. So just within that grand heading of food raising blood sugar, again, it's not just carbs that can induce a rise in blood sugar levels. It's how to bring people together without them putting a lot of effort. And this is what we, the formula that we wanted to kind of find. And we believe we found it. So we've built a social network app dedicated to the sports, wellness, and adventure activities where it has a booking uh, feature or booking engine as a marketplace. But the main, the predominant thing about Duty is that it's social. It's a social network. So high glycemic index foods include like cereals, breads, uh, potatoes, especially white potatoes, rice, white rice, juices, most sweet candies. Those are the kind of foods that'll send the sugars up fast. But we also have a lot of carbs that are slower to digest. Those are the low glycemic index types of carbs. Popcorn is a good one. It's like I mentioned before, all the fiber in the popcorn really slows down the rate of digestion. Legumes are very slow to digest. So foods with beans in them, really good to have. Nuts, very, they have carbs, but they're slow to digest. Uh, even pasta, particularly pasta that's slightly undercooked, still a little bit firm, very slow to digest. Whole grain pasta, very slow to digest. So I think like advocacy doesn't have to be boring. So to say, you'd have like sort of like to just get involved. What is what are things happening in your community? Get involved with the communities that are actually interested in the things that you're interested in. You don't have to do what they're doing. Do what you feel like you need to do. Fill the space because there's so much. We need so many hands on deck. We need so many hands. Yes, the thing that I'm doing is something that I, I felt I should do to play a part. There's so many things. We can come together as a team, get engaged to create a change that we need. And there's not one way we can advocate. There's not one way we can be impactful in this community. Let's do anything. We need to do everything. We need people that can write. We need people that can convince even policymakers, if a negotiator. We need those skills. Give advices to people. Come on board. Let's work together because... Only when we do come up together, that's when the change can be necessary. That's when the change can happen. Thank you again to all our wonderful guests who supported the podcast this year. Because of them, um, 
our podcast made it as far as number three in the UAE medicine charts one week. And that was wonderful. And we've been consistently in the charts as a result of all of these lovely, wonderful discussions. And also because of you listeners out there. So thank you so much. And I just want to leave you with some happy, wonderful thoughts for the rest of the year. I hope that whatever you're doing, it's you're where you want to be and you're doing what you want to do. From a health perspective, if you're thinking about setting goals in the new year, think about what it is that you want to do. There is no one size fits all. And every year is different. I've been thinking about my own health goals. And this time last year, I was very committed and training to run the Rack Half Marathon. And I did that in February. And that was wonderful. And I I had a great experience. This year, I came back from my, my summer holiday and where I did a lot of swimming and I was still fairly, you know, I'm, I'm healthy, but I didn't set a big physical exercise goal this year. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't up to it. So this year I'm not going to be running a half marathon. I still go run. I ran my dog this morning. The most important things that we can do for our health is focus on our nutrition and what we're eating. And I'm a big fan of, you know, being plant-based. I'm not saying you have to become a vegetarian or a vegan, but we can all benefit from eating as many fruits, whole fruits and vegetables as possible, not processed vegetarian food that is becoming so popular. I mean, that may be better than some of the processed meats and things, but it's still up for debate if that's really healthy. Reach for as many whole plant-based foods as you can. Exercise, keep exercising, keep moving, keep your body moving. Even if you're not training for something, don't stop. Get up every day after a good night of sleep. A good, on average, let's say eight hours is what we need. And I know a lot of us, myself included, we're not getting that. So eat well, sleep well, exercise, drink water, drink more water. This is another one I'm guilty of. If I don't have my water bottle with me or beside me, then I am usually not hydrated enough. So one thing that is really helpful is since COVID, we moved from an apartment downtown, which we loved very much, but we moved, I don't know, 20 minute or so drive out to a place that I have a garden. I have trees around me. And I have a lot of green space where I can walk my dog. And I didn't realize how much I miss that and how good it makes me feel. Even this morning, I woke up feeling a little bit disoriented from a very long weekend of organizing. And previous week, we had just, you know, had a a lovely dinner party at home. So I was cooking and busy and working and doing all the things. And I got up. And I was thinking not to do it, but I said, no, I'm going to take the time, take my dog for a long walk and slash run. I say that because we got to stop so he can smell everything on the way. So I walk a bit and then we run intervals, so to speak. And being out in an area that's green where I can hear birds, see them flying around and I can smell the earth and the dirt has made a huge difference. And there's actually studies that are showing more and more frequently that the more we get outdoors, the more that we're in nature and we need exposure to, 
you know, all the elements. If you're somewhere that's cold, maybe you don't want to be out that long, but go out for a little bit. It's good for us. Also get involved in your community. We are social people. And while I'm fairly introverted and I do like to, to stay home still from a health perspective, it's good to be social in some ways. So whether that's through sport or through other means of community, maybe you want to join a coaching circle, or maybe you have found other people that have similar interests to you or get together with some people from work or something, but go out, be social this, you know, last few days of the year. Doesn't have to be a goal that you have to go out and be social all the time, but it does make us feel better. It is good for us. So those are some of the things that we can be doing. They don't have to be extreme, big, super New Year's resolutions. I personally don't have any. And like I said, this year, I was feeling a little bit even more slower than usual when it comes to health and wellness goals and resolutions, simply because I've been so busy this year. It's been a wonderful full year, but I decided not to push myself to set a major, major goal at the moment for my health. I just keep moving and keep being mindful of what I'm eating and my health and my nutrition and my overall wellness. And with that, I will leave you with that idea to do the same for yourself this holiday season. Whatever you're doing, I hope that you have a wonderful new year and the podcast will be back in 2023 with some new wonderful guests. And I can't wait to share more insight with you from all the amazing topics that the guests bring bring with them. It's really a pleasure to do this work and I very much appreciate your support. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the year. 